How is the network security landscape changing? What steps can security professionals take to prepare for those changes? And what are some of the misconceptions about the role of continuous monitoring? Hi, this is Howard Anderson, news editor at Information Security Media Group. And today I'll be discussing these questions and more with T. Kent Elliott, CEO of Forescout Technologies, as part of our executive session series of interviews with industry leaders. Thanks so much for joining us today, Kent. It's my pleasure. Nice to be with you. You've been in the technology business for 25 years now, and you've had extensive experience both at Nokia and now at Forescout. So what's the biggest change in the security landscape you've seen over the years? What do you think? Well, there's been, of course, many, many changes. I think what's most interesting is the perimeter, which was once well-defined, is now distributed, and it's really disappeared. And I think that's probably one of the biggest changes. The other big change, I think, in most recent days is DYOD and mobility. It's been one of the most recent shakeups in the last uh, few years. So how has Forescout evolved as a company from your original vision when you joined the company? How, ba- how far back was that? Well, I've been with Forescout for um, over 10 years now. We started off as an IPS company, and we were sitting outside of the firewall, and we were looking at hackers and we were looking at worms that were trying to attack companies. And then we found that worms entered into the organization as laptops entered into, into the company. They would actually bring worms into the organization. And worms would enter the organization through VPNs that tunneled right through the firewall. So when worms entered into the organization, we realized we had to bring our IPS products into, into the organization itself in behind the firewall to protect the organization. Once we were inside the firewall, we started to see more things inside the network, and we had to gain more information within the network itself. As we gained more and more information, we started to be able to enforce policies inside the company. Then, of course, BYOD came. People had products that were not owned by the company or managed by the company. Then mobility came along. Then we're looking at end-to-end mobile device management. And now, of course, we're looking at the cloud and new frontiers that are happening inside the company and inside organizations in general. When I made reference earlier to things that are happening, the perimeter disappearing, I think we see that attackers are adapting themselves to these vanishing uh, perimeters, and they're now starting to attack endpoints and devices, laptops and mobile devices. I think that's also cha- uh, changing the landscape that I mentioned earlier. The other thing is people are moving to software as a service. They're now attacking the service providers, so they get at your data without your ability to control the data itself. I should have mentioned earlier some other things that are happening in the landscape. Eight to ten years ago, when you had kids that were looking for glorification and attacks they were doing on the Internet, a couple years later you had the criminals that were attacking. And now today they're being joined by nation states. These nation states have more resources. I think they have a lot more patience, more endurance, more skills, more headcount, and they can be a lot more targeted in their work. And when they go after someone very specifically, they can go on an attack and they don't have to use signatures when they're targeting those attacks. So certainly a whole lot of changes in just 10 years. Uh, what's your number one challenge today as CEO of a network security company in, in the current environment? I think one of the big challenges being a CEO is when you're going out after customers, many different organizations are going after exactly the same budget. And uh, it's difficult for organizations that are trying to invest in security products to distinguish between what products they want to buy and even though you're going after the same budgets, the security products that are being offered are very much different from each other. The other problem I think that you face is that most security solutions are silos and they're not working together. And if you're going to have a, a, a proper solution, 
you have to have these products working in a more holistic or harmonized fashion. I think that's probably one of the challenges is to help companies that we deal with to help them bring together these silos that are operating and to help them work in a more harmonized fashion. And that's really what we're focused on in our product offerings that we deliver today. Okay, so tell me a bit about the most significant network threats your customers are actually dealing with this year so far, and how do you see those threats evolving? Well, I think there's um, many threats that are, that are that customers are dealing with today. When they take a look, one of the biggest problems they have is visibility and control gaps. There was an IDG Connect survey that was done just recently, was published in June, and one of the areas they discussed and found out that most of our organizations had the had the least or no confidence in devices that were on their network. This was back to BYOD when people are bringing their own devices into the organization. Over 60% of them had very little confidence on that, they, that the, the devices that were in their network were properly configured or that they were already outside of the security standards that the organization set. So this lack of visibility sets a tremendous amount of discomfort for security operations inside the organization. I think when you look at concerns that organizations have. Advanced persistent threats are the kind of the buzzword of the day. And because they're new, people are very concerned about that. A couple of years ago, mobile device management and people trying to manage mobile devices was a very big concern. We look at how companies are modifying their strategy to in light of all these threats. For things like advanced persistent threats, we partner with vendors who are involved in that business where they go after and as they identify these threats, these threats go on and they attack other products inside the organization. By our partnering with them, we can go off and protect other devices that are inside the network that they wouldn't actually see as far as their product offering. Okay, so your, your partnerships are primarily driven by the need to adequately address uh, advanced persistent threats. Is that right? Well, advanced persistent threats is only one of those. When I made a reference earlier to these various silo products, so you've got mobile device managers, you've got vulnerability assessment tools, you've got um, many, many different kinds of products that companies are offering. Uh, Gardner has done a, a number of reports. They talked about one of the biggest problems is this continuous disability that you need to have for these uh, advanced um, attacks. Basically, if you look at detective, protect, uh, preventative, and, and, and responses are one of the most critical things that vendors have to deliver. They talk about having to change their mindsets from responding to an incident to having continuous response. And this idea of having continuous response is something that people have to get their mind around. So instead of looking at each individual incident, if you have a continuous response, it's really the only way that you can protect yourself inside the, the organization. There was a, another survey that was done when they talked about 96% uh, of people that were surveyed said they've had one incident in the past 12 months. 39% said they've had two critical incidents from a security breach. And 16% they had five incidents. These are really significant factors. And we used to talk about the real question was not if but when. Now it's not, not if but when. Now it's talking about how will you prepare yourselves and sort of your security posture and how you respond to that. So I think that's really quite interesting when we used to say, you know, gentlemen, it's not if and when. Gentlemen and ladies, it's not if but when. Now we say it's not if and when, but it's but how would you improve your security posture. That's the important thing to think about. This point I meant about not incident response but continuous response, you've got to favor this context awareness of your network, about your endpoints and your application security platforms. 
you've got to architecture a network for comprehensive and continuous monitoring. This is an important part of how you create your uh, network posture, and this is really what we're all about, this continuously monitoring and protection. Okay, in the, in the current market, there's certainly a lot of new focus on um, breach prevention and security issues in general with all the headlines in the news. Uh, so in your role as CEO, uh, you must be tackling the challenge of distinguishing your company's offerings in the security arena from others that offer continuous monitoring products. So is that tough to do? Is it tough to differentiate the company in the current market? Well, it's, it's a little difficult because of all the people that are talking about it. They use the same kind of buzzwords. and when you get past all the buzzwords, it comes down to what really is continuous monitoring. Some people look at continuous monitoring by some deep interrogation of a product before it enters the uh, network. When you consider a deep interrogation before you enter, that can't be continuous monitoring. If you've got a silo product that's doing continuous monitoring, it's simply monitoring one particular element inside the network. This is where I talked earlier about having to have a holistic view or a harmonized view so the way that we distinguish our product is with what we do by ourselves, but we've got a powerful enforcement engine, security enforcement engine that we deliver. And we have a control fabric that goes on top of that, and it interconnects with all of these individual siloed products, and we basically take the, the results that come from the work that they do, and many of them do, they see things, or they may do one or two things, but they don't work in, in amongst with, the, with each other. So basically having the ability for ourselves to work with the vulnerability assessment product, as an example, and be able to take information that comes from that and be able to enact a patch management system, being able to connect those two things in real time, you're basically not having each one of them act in a silo, but you can have those operate um, together, which makes it more effective. The other thing where a vulnerability assessment tool might run once every 24 hours we can actually, as soon as a, a product enters the network, we can we can enact a vulnerability assessment tool to take a look at that individual device by itself. And when we see a threat, an advanced persistent threat, we can trigger a vulnerability assessment of the entire network. So that shows how each of these silos can operate together at exactly that same time. I might make one more mention. When you can have this control fabric together and connect with each of these individual solutions, you can improve your IT responsiveness. You can actually optimize the individual resources that you invested your money, and that improves your return on investment from each of those resources. And can make one other comment. You talk about how you distinguish yourself. I think what's also important and really a challenge in a way from a CEO point of view is when I made reference earlier to that perimeter that's dying, basically your the jack in your in your wall, that telephone jack in your wall, and the, the becomes your perimeter. Every USB port becomes a new perimeter. And when you go about that, you've got to figure out how you disable that USB port if you've got a problem there. So that perimeter that used to be there that is dying, you've got to take a very different look in the perimeter from your organization. It's no longer that perimeter that, that existed five years ago. Okay, you talked about one thing there that I wanted to follow up on, and that's some of the uh, loose use of jargon to describe continuous monitoring and what it means. So if I might ask, what, what misconceptions about continuous monitoring do you hear in today's market, and how do you go about overcoming those? Well, the only way that we know how to overcome that is to demonstrate what it, what it is. When we put a product in place and we can show how these products work, uh, I'll say continuously, how we're always looking at devices and how they're operating, 
how individual silo products are operating and how they work together and how you can actually look at endpoints uh, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Only through demonstration, we find, is the best way to demonstrate to our customers what continuous monitoring looks like. When I talked about the security silos, continuous monitoring control really has to incorporate all of these products working together. That's really, I think, the, the important part of that. It's a demonstration of how these individual silo products work together. So this real-time visibility of all users, all devices, all systems, all applications, you've got to look at all those at the same time and then apply policy directly to them through some kind of coordinated uh, activity and coordinated controls. And if you're not doing that, you're not doing continuous monitoring and control. Real-time visibility of all users, all devices, all systems and applications, you've got to keep that in your mind. If you can't do that directly, that, that's an important key. I just wanted to reemphasize that one element. So would you say that some CISOs then have a too narrow a view or definition of continuous monitoring then? I don't think they've got too narrow a view. I think that they're, they're desperate to try and take care of this problem. I think they understand the problem. They just don't know what to do about it. So, you know, maybe they have a narrow view. I just think they have to change maybe their, their mindset looking at this. But if they understand they don't have visibility over their network, I don't know how you say they have a narrow view. They're just desperate to solve a problem that they know they have. The quote that I gave you earlier with over 60% that don't know, they have no confidence, that they, they, they know the devices are on their network or that they're, they're configured to the proper standards, they, they know there's a problem. They just have to figure out how to solve that problem. That's what we do to help them do that. And by the way, I'll tell you this. When you put a product in place and you turn it on and you go away for lunch and you come back and you show them all the devices around the network they never knew were there, it scares the living daylights out of them. They know they've got to go do something. So that's real eye-opening for them. It's, it's extremely eye-opening to them. And I'll tell you one, one other thing. When you put a, this control fabric in place and you show them how you can get individual products they spent money on, security products, and if you show them how you can make those products work together and improve the return on investment on those individual products, they go away and they're so satisfied that they realize they made a good investment before when you can optimize those products working together. They almost go away and feel they finally made a good purchase before, but it's even better now that you can show them how they can make those products work together. All right, we need to wrap up. Uh, finally, uh, how do you expect the network security landscape to evolve in, say, the next five years or so? And what impact will that have on your role as CEO specifically? Well, I hate to say it like this, but there's going to be an awful lot more of the same. The direct threats are going to become a lot more sophisticated because there's going to be a lot more to gain. This thing we call the Internet of Things, the wearables, toasters, lamps, so your refrigerator, they're all going to have IP addresses. They're all going to be on the network. And they're going to become a serious security problem, and that's going to happen very quickly. All those devices are not going to be as sophisticated as the smartphones that we use. They're going to have simplistic software. Therefore, they're going to be very vulnerable. And once they're vulnerable to attack, that these are all going to be in the network. So you attack them, and they're going to be primed to have malware on them. And then from there, you're going to initiate attacks. I think the impact on us, I think we're ideal to address those because we're ageless. We don't require an agent on the endpoint for us to enact our policies. And, to hand, and we handle a huge number of endpoints with our policy engines. So I think that's where the impact is going to be on us as we look toward the future. Our products are not located on the endpoint. We're in an ideal spot on the, on the network because we're not in the data center either. 
we're kind of like our policy engine is kind of like distributed all over the place, like centers, so we can respond in very quickly and in real time to evolving threats. So as CEO, a big part of your job is looking into um, what's on the horizon, what's next, and things like the Internet of Things and the impact that might have on your, on your business. Is that kind of what you spend a lot of your time on? My whole job is looking to the future and making sure that we're ready for these things that are happening. And that's why this Internet of Things is in the top of our minds. Anything that is simple to attack and breach, they become the sources of attacking points in the network. And so our minds are on that all the time. And we've got to be ahead of that every moment or we're going to be behind the eight ball. So, of course, that's what we're looking at all the time. Well, thanks very much, Kent. I've been talking today with Kent Elliott, CEO at Scout Technologies. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Howard Anderson. Thanks so very much for listening.